Hey everyone, I'm Johnny. I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook. And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. This week's featured cookbook is... Green Feast, Autumn Winter by Nigel Slater. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Victoria. Hi. How are you doing? I'm, I'm good. This is a mighty fine cocktail that you made. Why, thank you. Yeah. Want to tell the listeners what's in it? Yes. Um, it's... Okay, so this is kind of like a semi-homemade type cocktail. Um, you know how you can buy those little... Uh, the cartons of Oregon chai. Well, they have a sugar-free version that I really like. So what I did was I mixed... <laughs> and this sounds so gross when I'm talking about it. I mixed bourbon and the chai concentrate and a little bit of almond milk. And I... Oh, and some uh, blackstrap bitters. And then I shook it up in a shaker and... Now we have this wonderful cocktail. It's it's kind of like when you were a kid and you'd just like go to the soda fountain and like mix all of the different. Uh, no, this is not drinks. suicide level. It's not. <laughs> that. We're not no, there. We're not there yet. It is quite tasty. <laughs> you 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 exercised great restraint in Thank your you. mixology. All right. Well, welcome to episode fifteen. Can you Whoa. believe it? Of uh, Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. As always, we'll get a little bit of housekeeping out of the way. If you go to anchor.fm slash tasty pages and click on the support button, you can uh, give a little tip to us, a little virtual tip for the work that we're doing here. And then uh, we've also got a store section on our website at wecookbooks.com, and that will take you to a couple different lists that we've created on amazon.com, one of which is kitchen essentials for home cooks, which is great gift ideas. Um, nothing is terribly expensive. There's some quite affordable little gadgets on there. Absolutely. And we are not being paid to endorse any of these things. These are just things that we use, yep. that we love. And then we and have a cookbook we... section that is just kind of our picks for the top cookbooks that we've featured on Cooking the Books over the last, God, two years. Mm-hmm. Our two-year anniversary is coming up in January. By the time this episode airs, we're going to be closing in on it. Oh, that's crazy. I know. Um, so we've got some exciting stuff planned for the year end as well. So stay tuned for that. Um, hey, Victoria. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about what we just finished this week. All right. Uh, we just finished in BB's Kitchen, which was delightful. Yeah. It was a great food, book. All the food was so tasty and amazing. and Really clever concept, too. Yeah. So it's, it's basically, I believe it's eight African countries that border the Indian Ocean. Mm-hmm. And it just collects not only recipes, but stories from, uh, you know, sometimes immigrants that now live in the United States, mm-hmm. sometimes like people in their native country. Um, we'll talk more when we record that episode, but it was a good book. It was a really fun and book. And it kind to of cook surprised out. me. Yeah, it was it was a fun book to cook out of. And here's the thing. There is this green sauce in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, no, we're we'll we'll leave this for we'll we'll talk about the green sauce yeah. when we talk about the book. <laughs> yep. We'll 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 pace ourselves. Um what do we got up next? 
Next, well, we kind of haven't super decided on which we're going to yeah. do. We kind of narrowed it down to a couple different choices. But um, as we're recording this episode, it's Thanksgiving week. And so we have to kind of take into consideration that we're also going to be doing some Thanksgiving cooking and preparation. And we don't want to do anything too involved with a cookbook where we're making like, you know, multiple courses, multiple steps. All right. That kind of well, and we don't, you know, I'm just going to drink all day on Thanksgiving. So <laughs> we don't want to take pictures because that will just, well, Same. it'll either be drinking or edibles, maybe yep. a little bit of both. Yep. <laughs> um, oh, but anyway, so we've narrowed down two choices. Uh, Cast Iron Cooking for Two by uh, Joanna Pruis or Cook With Me by Annex, Alex Garnaschelli. Yeah. So, um. Both of I them mean, were just recently released, yep. and they they both kind of have a theme of like very simple kind of homey cooking kind of thing. So we figured that would be what a nice, we're going to be into for this week. Yep, figured that would be a nice way to like still do our work here, but uh, not not uh, you know exhaust ourselves in the kitchen. All right, um, let's talk about what's really important. Yep. What, what are we having for dinner tonight? All right, so we are doing um, some quesadillas, kind of a pantry meal, although we did have to pick up a few things. We're trying to limit our grocery store shopping um, during this pandemic. Yes. Um, so we we grabbed a few things, and um, we're going to do some fancy quesadillas. We've got some skirt steak marinating. Yep. Oh, it's going to be yum. All right. Okay. Um, so yeah, before we dive into this book, um, if you listened to the previous episode, we kind of mixed up the format a little bit. So uh, we're going to spend the first little few minutes just talking about random stuff that's on our mind, sometimes food related, sometimes not. And we'll get to the book. Don't worry. It's all good. Um, this is the topic for today, Victoria. <laughs> I, I did not. I was not aware until recently that... A, a shower beverage was a thing. I've been be, doing it for years. Uh, be it tea, beer, wine. Here's the thing. Please here, enlighten here, me because I thing. am firmly in the nay camp on this. But you're you're in the yay camp. <laughs> I don't know why I love it. When back in the olden days, when we could go out for dinner dates. Ooh, seems like so long. I ago. know, right? Like I would like to have a glass of wine in the shower. And then, you know, drink it while I'm getting ready, while I'm beautifying. It's just like another, like, self-relaxation. Doesn't the beverage get warm if you're taking, like, a hotter shower? It's all steamy in there? Well, I mean, if I'm drinking, like, red wine, it's fine. But Or if I'm drinking hot tea, great. Yeah. Um, But it's just, like, I don't know. Why the need for a beverage in the shower, though? Are you thirsty? <laughs> I'm I'm very curious. I've just never It's a comfort thing. Okay. It's a comfort thing. Like, All right. Um like this morning I forgot my tea. We did okay, so we woke up today, did our morning routine, did some yoga. I went and I made some tea, went to go take a shower, and I'm like, I forgot my tea. <laughs> Johnny to the rescue. So he brings me my shower tea. Yeah. It's not well, I mean, it's not like the episode of Seinfeld where uh, Kramer is actually like cooking in his bathroom and washing. Uh, yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> I was thinking about that this There's morning. There's no grossness going on. <laughs> no. I just, I mean, I like, 
our tub has like this ledge, like uh it's not a backsplash. It's like a ledge yeah. where we put stuff. Yeah. And I just set my drink on there and it doesn't get water in it and huh. I don't spill it. And it's a great comfort. Does anybody else do shower beverages? Yeah. Like I up in the DMs. I'm very curious about this. I'm a big fan of like the shower wine or the shower tea. Huh. I don't do shower coffee. Yeah. Or like Diet Coke or anything. It's either just tea. I mean, you've got water coming out of this <laughs> uh, shower head. So if you did get thirsty, you could just like... not going to drink warm shower water. <laughs> See, that's the difference between you and I. Because like, I just wash <laughs> my so face gross. with... I just wash my face with shampoo. <laughs> the three-in-one body conditioner. Yep. You do not, you liar. I, and I you, know. And you even wear charcoal masks sometimes. I do. Don't tell him. You try to be all rugged. You're you're not rugged. You're you're spoiling the illusion. Anyways, the illusion that these people have that are listening that uh, (laughs) I'm this rugged uh, Renaissance man. He is very handy, though. I will tell you that. (laughs) All right. So I guess that that enlightens me on the shower tea. Does it though? Does it? uh, (laughs) I'm still not sold on the idea, but you do you. Okay. Um. Thanks. I got to be me. Yep. Um. So the, the other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Thanksgiving plans um, and traditions and how maybe people are adapting to this unique situation this year. Although, well, last year, sometimes we'll travel and see family for Thanksgiving. Yes. But last year, we had an uh, elder pup that started to decline in health. So we don't want to bum anyone out, but you know, he, he left us back in May, but he really started to decline back in Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving day was, he got really sick yeah. on Thanksgiving day. I mean, he made a recovery, but we were super, super worried, um, yeah. but he did make a recovery. He, he had a good, he kept going on for like run. another six, seven months. Yep. Um, but yeah, so we didn't, we couldn't travel with him. But the, the reason I bring it up is the result was we ended up kind of starting this new tradition uh-huh. because it was just us at home. We weren't spending time with family and friends. And we composed this epic, like, charcuterie and cheese board. Oh, it was so beautiful. That was just, like, the perfect meal for the situation. Because let's let's talk truth here i talk turkey i don't like thanksgiving food yep not a fan of turkey is boring as hell well i've rarely had a good piece of turkey yeah that's the that's the issue is i have i have issues with turkey at thanksgiving anyway because unless someone knows how to prepare it properly inevitably i feel like it just ends up being like really underwhelming Right. It's either, you know, overcooked, hopefully not undercooked, but <laughs> it's hard to cook it evenly, I feel, because like most people just kind of follow the same basic ill-informed routine where they just like chuck it in the oven and they don't really do much to it before or afterwards and they probably cut into it too quickly and See, but then all again, kinds of stuff. But then again, here's the thing. We've been doing like Friendsgiving and stuff and, you know, like... Uh, well, before before we started going back down to Minneapolis for our Thanksgivings, we always had to stay in town, and so we would do we would go over to our dear friend's house on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and there was always a turkey there. And I yeah. mean, 
nicely prepared, whatever, but it's still it's just, turkey. It doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Um, no, I feel you. And I mean, the and the challenge for us, we don't have kids, so it's just the two of us. And mm-hmm. then are you really going to bake an entire turkey for two people and then have, you know, I know some people are all about the turkey leftovers, no. but I'm just, if if I'm being honest and my apologies to anyone that we've been a guest at their house in Thanksgiving past, I'm just kind of indifferent about turkey. It doesn't, the, well, the doesn't do anything I, for me. The thing, the whole thing that I loved about Thanksgiving was like gathering with people. Yeah. Now I'm stuck with you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I could go, I could go find somewhere to, I could go find a random street corner to hang out on during Thanksgiving. (laughs) If you want some time alone, if you know, I, I, I'm sure there's like a little Caesars that's open or something. I love you. You you are great. You are great. I'll just be that sad guy on the corner with this pizza box. You're great company. (laughs) Crying a little bit. Okay. (laughs) Hush up now. Let's talk about other Thanksgiving food. Yeah, so okay. th- I mean, so that we enjoyed that so much that we are planning to do the same this year, more out of necessity because you know pandemic's going on. We're trying to be safe and not do any unnecessarily traveling or socializing. And we've been doing friends. I'm very sad because we've been doing friendsgiving um, with our neighbors. And stuff, uh, you know, for the past several years, and yep. we're not doing it this year, yep. which makes me very sad. And yeah. some of those people I haven't seen in a really, really long time. Yeah, I'm sure uh, many of the listeners out there are kind of experiencing it's, the same thing. It just, so, like, it's kind of hard not to be a little bit sad. Yeah, but we'll we'll make the best of it. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, and we're going to start watching Christmas movies. Yep, I'm so excited. The the worse the better, right? Like if oh. It, we, uh, oh man, this will be a topic for another podcast <laughs> in the future. It's like we have this like kind of silly fascination with bad Christmas movies. Like literally, the worse the better. If thanks to me, yep. you, you, he used to make fun of me. Yep, he would be like, what, now what? I'm. Diving into the Hallmark Christmas movies. I made you watch the Magic Dryer one, and you were That's won the, over. Still the top, top. <laughs> I love it. Top of the list, right? For me, um, it's usually starring some person from Baywatch or mm-hmm. Saved by the Bell or something. Yes, but, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, someone who is like. Amazing. Dean Cain. Dean Cain is, in is uh, he's in movie. a disproportionate <laughs> amount of Christmas movies, you know. So, Ooh, he's good a for Trump, him. He's a Trump supporter. Oh, that's too bad. Sorry. He's he's yeah. He's he's doing the Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, should we dive into this book? Oh, first, let's take a listener question. Yes. All right. So this one comes from uh, Kim Possible. Uh, and she's a good friend of the show, good friend of cooking the books. She's got a new project that she's launched called, uh, bookmarks and breadsticks. And it's like a subscription box or yes. gift box. Um, we recently received one and there's this great, uh, book about, uh, like bread and food writing. Uh-huh. It's, it's like a non fiction food it's, writing it's food book. writing yeah yeah and there was like a bread baking kit in there that we made that bread was delicious mm-hmm. and yeah so that was, oh, it was kind of a fun thing it was great yeah 
makes a great gift. Anyway. Absolutely. So she uh, she wrote in and said, where uh, or when does it make sense to have wooden utensils versus steel? Um, she's always concerned about germs. Um, you want to start it off, Victoria? What are your thoughts on wooden utensils? Well, you know, I like wooden spoons. Yeah, we've got a collection of them here in the kitchen. But the it, but the thing is, they tend to like wear down and whatever. I'm actually, and I'm going to go rogue and say I like using silicone spatulas yeah. to stir stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think ger- germs really shouldn't be an issue with wooden spoons uh, if you're cleaning them properly. Yeah, I mean, I would argue it's not any worse than any other kind of utensil if you're using plastic or steel. I mean, you you have to clean it thoroughly. Yeah. You know, like if, if you're cleaning the wooden spoon properly, um, it's not going to retain any bacteria. So nope. I, I wouldn't wouldn't be too concerned with that. Let's talk about the pros because uh, there are. I, I feel like wooden spoons are kind of out of favor and. If you go to a typical like kitchen store or go on Amazon or something, you're probably not going to see as large of a selection compared to like metal utensils. Well, or and I think a lot plastic. of things are covered in like silicone these yes. days too. Yes, you know, so people can use them with their nonstick. Um, but what I like about wood is that it, it doesn't heat like metal does. Um, it's not going to chemically react with acidic foods if mm-hmm. that's a concern. Um, they're definitely going to be a little easier on your pots and pans. I'm not going to scratch them like a metal one would, and um, that's that's definitely a consideration. Um, I don't know what else. What else can you say? I mean, well, I, I, they last. I mean, they last a good long time. Uh, I actually, we just recently got rid of a wooden spoon that I. It was something that I took from my from my mom when I moved out huh. <laughs> that long ago. So, eh? there you go. Um, did don't you, don't spank your kids with them. Yeah. <laughs> now you tell. <laughs> uh, did you know that uh, I found this online? So you know it's got to be true. Oh, geez. Um, back in the day, there would, uh, especially like in the UK, and and they, they would issue these wooden spoon awards, and it was given to a team with like the worst record in sports, like like rugby and rowing and stuff so you really you really fell fell down a rabbit hole i kind of did because i found this question really interesting and i wanted to make sure that i wasn't giving like misleading information about like ah don't worry about it but which is basically what we've just said is don't worry about it just clean your spoons um but uh there there's a great article um that you can find online called in praise of wooden spoons i want to give credit where credit is due and this is by uh lee havlicek for slate magazine online okay and I thought that was a real kind of fun fun read. And I can understand the appeal of wooden spoons. Oh, there's one thing that I don't like about them, though, is that they tend to retain smells. Yes. And that was if pointed you, out in the article that I wrote, too, or that I read, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's a concern, um, you can always designate spoons just like some people do cutting boards so they'll have like a meat a one, garlic and one a blah, yes blah, exactly blah, yeah. so you could have okay. like a sweet and savory problem solved um anyway don't rule out wooden spoons i, I feel like they do have a little more tangible connection and and just it's kind of like listening to records like actual vinyl records like it just has a better feel and 
stuff than maybe like a, a steel spoon that's just kind of soulless. Look at me getting all Okay, I'm not picking up what you're you. putting down, but go ahead. Yep. You drink your shower tea, I'll use my wooden spoon. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Deal. Deal. <laughs> all right. Oh, you crack me up, Let's mister. Let's dive into this book. Okay, let's We've do it. We've wasted enough time yeah, on have. this nonsense. All right. Thanks for the questions, though. And if you have any question, obviously, we'll be happy to answer it on the future podcast and keep them coming. Um. All right, Nigel Slater, Green Feast, Autumn and Winter. There is a companion book to this called Spring and Summer. Mm-hmm. This one seemed appropriate since we are currently in autumn here in Chicago. It's um, funny because uh, you know I'm looking through the photos from that, and I was just like, "Wow, all this food!" Because when we made. When we made this food, it was what, six weeks ago. Yeah. About, and we were still having like 60 degree days, 70 degree days. Yep. You know, and we were a little early on the on the autumn tip. Yeah. But. Um, but I was just, especially now that it's like around Thanksgiving, I was just looking at all this food and I was like, everything here would be so good for like, if you want to shake up your Thanksgiving a little bit, bring some of this. Yep. Or, you know, and everything just spoke like really fall to me. Looking through the photos. We're big Nigel Slater fans. This mm-hmm. is the second book of his that we've featured. Um, this one, uh, it's like fresh seasonal ingredients, obviously, kind of comfort food. Most Vegetarian. Recipe, yeah, most recipes are 10 ingredients or less that can be composed in less than 30 minutes. Very simple cooking. Um, I love that all the recipe titles are like, Peas, halloumi, grapes. They, That's not an actual thing, but like it's like a fancy um, menu, you know. Where or they, I mean, they basically are just the recipes are just the kind of essence of like the ingredients that, that are kind of the, the star the of the dish. The titles are, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then sometimes they're kind of like these like seemingly like kind of disparate ingredients. So it's like sunchokes and pistachios and pumpkins and chickpeas and so it's kind of like all those instagram accounts that we see where it's like they just take two random pecans and watermelons (laughs) all that's missing is the at symbol but i'm like thinking no i'm talking about ampersand pumpkin i'm talking about those instagram handles with like well no i understand that but the cherubic children stirring cookie batter in a meticulous kitchen Mm -hmm. with beautiful lighting Okay. <laughs> doesn't represent us. No, it doesn't. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's talk about. Uh, did you have any anything to add? Any standout dishes? You want to jump into the rankings? Let's get in the rankings. Okay. Um, so we rank. Go ahead. The book. You start it in a variety of categories, beginning with food photography and styling. What'd you have, Victoria? Um, I gave this one a four. Here's the thing about the the book is okay. So the the food photographs are very simple. Uh, um, it's just a plate or a bowl of food. There's no utensils, no linens, um, no linens, and they're just all on different backgrounds. It, it's very simple, but yet it doesn't feel repetitive. Very minimalist. It is, and to me, it kind of like speaks to my aesthetic because I. 
sometimes I worry that like I need to put more stuff in there, but more tchotchkes. But I don't. Well, no, you're not going to see me like throwing a deck of cards in more, a photo. More accessories. As I don't Lizzo need. Would yeah, say. we don't need any more accessories. Um, <laughs> no, but like everything was just very simple and clean and beautifully lit. There's no. There's like no. Very neutral, like yeah. like nothing is exaggerated. It's just kind of like as that plate of food mm-hmm. would exist. Um, I don't know if you noticed too, like the focus um, obviously is on, you know, whatever the dish is, but then the plate or bowl or serving vessel in it, a lot of those look like custom pieces made by like a ceramicist. They were like really beautiful, mm-hmm. like you could tell they were kind of one of a kind, unique pieces. And I thought that like, it gives the impression of it being like very simple and minimal, but you can tell a great deal of thought um, and care went into Absolutely. these photos. So um, yeah, I gave it a four as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, design and layout. All right. Hit me. What you got? Why do you always make me go first? <laughs> the pressure. I can't deal with it. Um, Ladies first. <laughs> oh, aren't you? Beauty aren't. before age. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. <laughs> um, I gave it a five. Okay, this book is smaller than a normal cookbook. I think it's like eight inches by like 11, maybe. It's, the book? Yeah. The book is probably about seven by five. You're well, way geez. off. <laughs> <laughs> this explains why I run into everything because yep. like my calculations no, are always it's, off. It's more similar to like a typical hardcover novel. Like a romance novel thing. or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's small in size, especially for a cookbook. So I love that. And I love that the photo or the cover, like, the um, title is embossed. Gold it's foil. Yes, it's very fancy. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, and there's this thing in between uh, dishes. Sometimes there there will be a page with just like a brush stroke. Tom Kemp mm-hmm. is the artist, and there are actually notations about like the brush strokes and mm-hmm. and the uh, typography. Um, but the uh, the brush strokes are about like how they were informed or they exist because they were informed by what happened just like a few seconds ago, which yeah, I think- I'm not, I'm not sure I fully grasp because there's a whole section in the book from the artist mm-hmm. kind of explaining his, you know, his point of view. I, I'm not sure I fully grasped even after reading that, okay. what, what it's about, but they're they're abstract. They're kind of loosely related to the seasons, mm-hmm. and the cycle of life, and just the Earth's balance and how everything kind of comes full circle. And you've got the the you know changing of the seasons. The brush strokes from this book would not are not like could never be the same from the previous. Book. Right, right. So I mean, it, it it was a nice touch, and I thought it was really cool that that was included in there just to make this book a little bit more unique than the average cookbook. Um, I also loved how the chapters are divided into sections with titles like in a pan on toast Mm -hmm. with a ladle. (laughs) And then as we described already, the, the recipe titles are just basically a list of like whatever star ingredients. ingredients. It's like usually like three. I think they like keep it to three or four. Yes. 
And then I don't know if you noticed too, like, you know how a lot of times in a cookbook, the author will kind of set up the recipe with a brief little paragraph or something about it, maybe a little Mm -hmm. personal anecdote. This one, it was generally just a sentence, Mm -hmm. maybe just a little, a few words. So there would be things like the sweetness of leeks in butter, the quiet heat of mustard, quiet heat. How about that? Nigel Slater, he's got a way with words. Um, There was another one called, it it said, autumn mushrooms, ribbons of pasta, a breath of aniseed. It it reads like a very soothing haiku. Yes. (laughs) But it was was cool. It's like you could, you know, you could like read those and have it as like a meditation. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I'm sorry, what'd you have for design and layout? Uh, I gave it a five. Me as well. And um, so far, we're we're on the same page right? with everything. Uh, what'd you have for degree of difficulty? I gave it. I struggled with this because uh, with one being easy, five being hardest, I, I kind of went back and forth between a one and a two. Um, I ended up giving it a two. Mm-hmm. Only because I thought that there were probably some basic techniques related to like prep work that you would kind of have to have a firm grasp on just because there's things there's ingredients in here like sunchokes and stuff that you have to peel like i i I would imagine the average beginner is not going to know what to do with some of these ingredients without a little further you know research or i agree training yeah but most of the recipes are 10 ingredients or less some are even less than five or six so there's really not much to preparing any of these dishes but they're they're delicious like don't don't think that we're not uh you know the sacrificing flavor or something like that because these were all like incredible dishes well in like um every recipe there were at the bottom there would be like not footnotes but like asterisks (laughs) um that they had like helpful hints or like Mm -hmm. variations or if you can't Source this ingredient, use this, you know, um, it, it, it's a really, what'd you have? I gave it a two. Yeah. I didn't, we're, 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 yeah. I didn't find anything like horribly difficult. The recipes weren't super well and, involved. I mean, for what it's worth, like all of the recipes, ingredient and uh, method fit on one page mm-hmm. in the small book, mm-hmm. if that tells you. And it, and the right. type, the, typography the font is not any smaller than any other cookbook and i would say this is like an easy weeknight yeah absolutely well and the some of the flavor combinations are just so thoughtful but yet not familiar maybe and so if you're looking for inspiration of just like throwing these things together that maybe you've not had before this is a Great source of inf- inspiration, I thought. Which brings us to taste. Yes. What, what did you give it? Five. I did too. Yep. Um, yeah, like like you were talking, there are like really thoughtful touches. Like uh, we made a um, shallot apple tarte tan and the the pastry dough had thyme in it. Yep. Like it's just like this nice little addition. There was a Parmesan in there too. Mm-hmm. So that's that's exactly what I was alluding to earlier is like I would not initially think to throw like I'm going to make a tarte tan and throw shallots and apples and Parmesan in it. That would seem a little weird to me, but yet it was delicious mm-hmm. and now I'd make it again. 
And then there was another dish with uh, Jerusalem artichokes or sunchokes, pistachios, and Red grapes. grapes. And that was really it's fantastic. Such a beautiful combination. Mm-hmm. And it, it like it sounds so random, right? It it's, it it reminds me. But of it like was when, not. You can tell yeah. that you know he's just a master at you know. It just sounds like when these. you like roll up one of those bingo cages yep. and pull out like ingredients. Yep. Um, Ooh, not a bad idea. <laughs> if you investigate that, right? Um, yeah, I gave it a five as well. So I, I think that's, that might be the first time we've all just kind of agreed on everything and gave it the same scores. None of your, none of your point five, (laughs) your point five nonsense. I was feeling real generous today. Yep. (laughs) You're, you're feeling the whole numbers. No fractions. It was, it was a shower tea. It, It set, it set my, uh, my day. It made it good. So I was feeling generous. So um, if you enjoy this episode, please rate and review it. Uh, you can find us on the web at wecookbooks.com as well as Instagram uh, at we underscore cook underscore books and Facebook at we cook books. Uh, production assistance was provided by Danny Schaefer. Thank All right. You. Thanks, Danny. All right. You know what time it is, Victoria? Oh, make me laugh. Joke time. Okay. All right. Settle in. Got a drink over there? I do. This is this is. This is story time. Get to it. It's going to be funny. Okay. Haha. <laughs> All right. Remember that time that we visited that farm up in like northern Illinois? Sure. And uh, we got there. We're greeted by this three-legged pig. And I, I you know, kind of stuck out. And I was like, hey, I asked the farmer, you know, what's with the three-legged pig? And he rolled up his sleeves and explained to me, well... There was this fire in the house a while back, and the pig came in, and he woke everyone up, and he saved the family. And I was like, oh, so that's how he lost his leg? He's like, no, but I'll tell you, another time I was hunting, and this pig follows along, and while I'm out there, a bear comes out and starts running after me, and the pig runs after the bear, and if it weren't for him, I would have been a goner. No one says goner anymore. Okay. And then... uh, I said, so that's how he lost his leg from the bear? And he's like, no. And I was like, well, how did he lose it? And he said, I'll tell you, a pig that good, you don't eat all at once. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have a good week, everyone. Wear Wear a a mask. mask. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving. Bye.